0: Who's on top? Who's on top? Who's going to be the cream of the crop? Who's going to hit the game with a mic troll?
1: You don't know, but we just might. If you want to find out, check us out tonight with Jeremy, Jacob, and Ellis, too. At in and we have a crew. Woo! And welcome back to episode 6 of Who's on Top. I'm Ori Benari, your host, and today's big theme is trades. No, we're not talking about Bitcoin, and we're not talking about Pokemon, but rather complex and intricate exchanges of players between teams across both the MLB and NBA. Speaking of players, a week before Valentine's Day, we have Jeremy Giles on our show, slicking back his hair and tucking a rose between his teeth.
2: I'm single, but please don't call me to mingle.
1: (laughs) Wearing a tight gray tennis sweatsuit, flipping a tennis racket between his hands, uh, with a certain steely-eyed look. We have the Russian machine, Ellis Gordon. What's up, guys? And wearing shorts and t t-shirt despite the thermometer reading 3 degrees Kelvin. Yes, sir. <laughs> While tossing a frisbee approximately 120 yards without any effort whatsoever, we have our Frisbro, Jacob Kazin. What's up, guys? Before we delve into the tasty trades we have prepared for you today... Delicious. <laughs> let's get reactions <laughs> to our Super Bowl. All of you predicted uh, the Chiefs winning correctly, but what do you think of the actual game?
3: I thought it was a very good game. Something that shocked me was Jimmy G threw more than five passes this game. Oh, what's surprising? Shocking.
2: Honestly, I just have to echo what he said. It was a good game. It was close the whole way. There was, I don't think there was any like crazy, crazy plays, but I think it was overall a very good game. And I think my one crazy reaction or crazy thing would be Damien Williams. He had rushed better than the 49ers. Who predicted that happened.
0: Yeah, I also think it was a very good game. It was close back and forth throughout the whole game. Uh, one thing that really surprised me was the Chiefs' ability to slow down the Niners' run offense. Which has been prolific all season long. And that's, I think that's the main reason why they won the games, because they stopped the Chiefs, uh, the 49ers' run defense. All right, there were
1: also two pretty raunchy icons. We have Shakira, JLo, as well as Jimmy G on the sidelines. What do you guys think of uh, the other performances during uh, the Super Bowl? The halftime show, the commercials, anything interesting?
3: Shakira and JLo, good performance. No but, complaints. <laughs> no compl- but Jimmy G is where it's at. I would have to agree... Oh, sorry, real quick. Congratulations to the Chiefs for being Super Bowl champions. Congratulations to Andy Reid.
2: Well, I think, first off, I would like to say uh, the commercials were terrible because Tom Brady agreed not to retire. As a Jets fan, this is very depressing news. I'll have to go back to my cave later
1: today. All right, lastly, we're going to get one fun fact for each one of you. Jeremy, what do you have? So
2: my fun fact is that the Kansas City Chiefs were down a total of 44 points throughout three playoff games, and they just won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, their comeback skills have been impressive this whole postseason. Jacob, what do you have?
0: Yeah, Kansas City's win on Sunday, it marked the end of a 50-year Super Bowl drought for the Chiefs. Their first win in over 50 years for the Super Bowl, and its first appearance since 1970.
3: An interesting coincidence that happened was in the last four drives, the 49ers only put up 49 yards. 49ers, 49 yards, get it, which is obviously not what's going to win you the Super Bowl.
1: Now that we're done with the Super Bowl, well, let's move on to trades. Ellis, do you want to introduce the first trade?
3: Yeah, so in the NBA, a shocking trade went down overnight. We have the Hawks getting Clint Capella from the Rockets, the Nuggets getting Cade Bates-Diop, Gerald Green, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonle, and the Houston's first-round pick. The Rockets got Jordan Bell, Robert Covington, and the Warriors' 2024 second-round pick. And the Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, and the Nets' 2020 first-round pick.
1: All right, so this this is definitely a lot of names, kind of alphabets being thrown at us. So break, the, break it down. What, what's important in this yeah, trade? Yeah,
3: so the real, the, the real importance of this trade is definitely Clint Capella and Robert Covington. Clint Capella going to the Hawks, giving them defense that they lacked, and Robert Covington giving the um, Rockets more pace than they already had more shooting, and of course, the Timberwolves are getting some nice rotational pieces. Malik Beasley is certainly no slouch. The first round picks are good, not great pieces, but it mainly centers around a bunch of rotational pieces, Robert Covington and Clint Capella.
1: So Clint Capella, Robert Covington, and a lot of uh, bench players and role players to kind of
0: fill in, as well as some first round trades. Honestly, for me, I'm a little confused on why the Rockets did this trade. They really downgrade their size. They don't really have a center right now. I believe they're starting P.J. Tucker at center. It's very small. And honestly, the salary difference between Covington and, and uh, Clint Capella is very minimal.
3: So I'm not, I'm not really confused why they did this trade. The Rockets have have their analytic buddies in the back going crazy. And this tells them, look, the NBA is a pace... Game And it's no matter about large centers, we can easily play small ball of pace. I just happen to disagree. To a point, they're right, what the Warriors did, but the Warriors always had one big center, even if he wasn't good, to at least guard. They're going to have no one. As I said, there's no one over 6-7 on that team. It's shocking. It, like, how... Ha- when you're playing Giannis, if they get, let's say, hypothetically, they get to the finals with the Bucks, how are you going to guard Giannis when you have no one over 6'7"? It's hard to play defense when you, when you have smaller people. In
1: addition to size, it's also important uh, the chemistry that Harden and uh, Westbrook have developed with Clint Capella. You just see Harden lobbing up passes and Capella just smashing them down, and that's not going to happen
0: with P.J. Tucker.
3: On the yeah. flip side, the... Um, Hawks and Kim Capella I think is a great deal for them they, uh, they've got a bunch of young pieces it yeah, gives
0: Trae Young a yeah, good playmaker they haven't
3: had a yeah. lot of successes here, but I,
2: I'm i pretty happy about the Hawks' future they've got a bunch of young pieces I think the one people that I think I consider the losers here are likely the Timberwolves because I think what the big part of the reason the Timberwolves were a part of this trade was because they wanted to get pieces to make an even bigger trade like a D'Angelo Russell or some sort of better piece so I think the thing about them is that if they don't get this piece, this trade is almost a complete failure for this team. So I, mean, I think the big thing about this is that there's a lot of pieces, but throughout all these teams, none of these are going to be the ones that make or break. I want have to disagree,
3: though, because like even if they don't get D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, those are all serviceable NBA players. Robert Covington is not good. They're not they're not getting to the playoffs because they're missing Robert Covington. It, it, they, they lost some salary, and they've got a bunch of good rotational pieces, even if they can't get D'Lo.
2: So I think the big thing here with this trade is that these are all serviceable players, but none of these players are enough, in my opinion, to really make a difference and really change a team and are the kind of players that you can kind of exchange with ease because they're not going to make or break any team. And I, I don't think, personally, they're something you should be giving up a good, legitimate piece They're a piece commodity, for.
1: not the goal. Yeah.
2: yeah, I wouldn't even call them a commodity. I'd call them serviceable.
1: And we're swinging now over back to the NBA, where we have two great teams taking on each other, the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. The Jazz famously have one of the tallest big men in the league, Rudy Gobert, known as the Eiffel Tower for his origins in France, and also his taste in
0: baguettes. All right, Jacob, who do you have in this? Yeah, I have the Jazz in this game. Yeah, obviously the Rockets just just traded one of their better players, Clint Capella, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert have been ridiculous as of recent. And I just don't see a way that the Rockets will be able to defend the two-time Defensive Player of the Year, Rudy Gobert. And uh, Donovan Mitchell has been electric recently. So I just don't think that the Rockets will be able to defend them.
2: I think, for me, what it comes down to is that the Rockets just lost Clint Capella. And I think over time, they still have Russell Westbrook. They still have James Harden. And they'll be fine. But I think at the moment, it's going to take them a while to get used to playing without Clint Capella. So, I'd say they'll probably lose this
1: one. I mean, remember, it's going to be kind of comical to see P.J. Tucker try to climb the Eiffel Tower. And that's,
2: and that's
3: exactly what I was going to bring up. And that's why I have the Jazz winning, despite their pretty much similar records. the Rockets being a half game back of the Jazz. That P.J. Tucker 6'5", Clint 6'5", uh, sorry, not Clint Capella, Rudy Gobert is one. This is going to be their first big test, how they're really sticking to that small ball... How is P.J. Tucker going to guard Rudy Gobert, who's six inches smaller? If the Rockets can, this should be a good win Good win for them. I just don't see them doing it, and that's why I have the Jazz.
1: All right, now we're swinging on to the Trailblazers and Pelicans. Um, this is Damian Lillard's team, pretty much, the Trailblazers. He's been uh, eliciting comparisons to Steph Curry, been averaging something like 50 points a game over the past few games, which is absolutely ridiculous. So what do we have here?
3: Damian has been on fire. Oh, I have the Pelicans here, though. And they started off not very. They did not start off good at all. Last 21 games have been 14 and 7, which is very good. Especially they haven't had easy games either to win. One of the hardest schedules. Last 21 games in 14 and 7. Also Zion has proven, at least so far, even with limited time, to prove that he's up to the hype. He's shooting at insane shooting percentages and efficiency. He's been really good, hard to stop. Even though Giannis blocked his soul. That said, Pelicans are the hotter team, even though Dame himself is insanely hot. I just have it. Honestly, could swing either way, but I'm going Pelicans on this one.
1: All right, Jeremy, what do you have for us?
2: So I think I'd say the Pelicans, and for me, it essentially comes down to Zion for two reasons. One, recently when they played the Bucks, Zion scored twenty points, and I think the big thing for me about Zion is that as time goes on, he's getting more and more used to the league and getting healthier and healthier. This is his first time in the league after all the hype he's gotten, and so his team's clearly hyped up behind him, clearly rallying around such a transcendent talent. And as he gets healthier, I think they'll only get better and better, so I think they win this game. And Lonzo also has been playing good. The Pelicans, not just Zion as a team, have been hot.
0: I hate to agree with this because I do love the Shell Bears, but I do think the Pelicans will win this game. Brandon Ingram has been ridiculously hot his last week. With the return of Zion, yeah, even as I said, with the limited minutes, he's been very productive. Lowndes has been playing much better. Their whole team, just since Zion's return, they've been different and more electric. And I think they're going to win, but I think it'll be a close game. Brandon Ingram
3: is averaging 25 points a game on 48 per, oh 47% shooting percentage and 40% 3 percentage. It's a real coming out year for Brandon Ingram. Pelicans look, are looking to make a playoff push. I think they've got it.
1: All right, now we're going to move on to the 76ers and Clippers. This is, should be another great game. The 76ers led by the likes of Joel Embiid and the Clippers led by the dynamic duo of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It should be really interesting to see what happens. Ellis, what do you have for us?
3: The 76ers do match up well with the Clippers, and once again, this is going to be a hard game to predict because of both teams' greatness. What What brings me to say the Clippers is that Kawhi's been re- like really good as of late. I was like to put teams with a hot hand, 76ers definitely do not have the hot hand, especially when it comes to shooting, and Kawhi and the Clippers have had a recent run of games. Pick the team that's running like running high, and that's the Clippers in this one, so Clippers for the win.
2: The 76ers just got blown out by 31. Kawhi and Paul George are too good a team to lose to if you're not playing well. And especially with the recent friction between Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I don't think that
0: they're going to be able to pull out the win. Great point, Jeremy. Jacob, what do you think? Yeah, also going to have to agree with the boys in this one. I think the Clippers will get the win. The Sixers have been struggling. They've lost their last three games. Well, the Clippers, they're on a two-game winning streak, and like Ellis said, Kawhi's been ridiculous as of late. PG's been insane, Paul George. Lou Williams might be sixth man of the year again. They've just been Their offense is very high-powered, and I don't see the 76ers' defense slowing them down.
3: Yeah, the 76ers, as I said earlier, have had a great defense, but are finding it hard to score, especially Hor for not being... Scoring-wise, his great self,
1: so Clippers. All right, now we're going to cross over the ocean and head to Deutschland where we're going to be talking about the Bundesliga, uh, the German National Soccer League. Sitting in the first, as they usually do, we have Bayern Munich. They've been the ironclad winner these past few years, win almost every year. But right behind them, a point behind, is RB Leipzig, who's been incredibly hot recently. And These two top teams will be going head-to-head um, over the weekend. Jacob, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Bayern Munich's going to get the win in this game. I think Lewandowski and Coutinho will power them to a win. They've won their last five games, while Leipzig's only won two of their last five. I think the high-powered offense of Bayern Munich will lead them to a win.
2: Well, I think for me, it doesn't go farther than Manuel Neuer's beautiful face to see why Bayern Munich will get a win. But for real, you've said it yourself. Bayern Munich is the ironclad winners of this division, and I don't see that changing just because some hotshot team thinks they're cool. So this is gonna be an interesting game. We got. I'm
3: going Bayern three, Leipzig two. Leipzig's I press like system. Leipzig's press system has been really good this year, especially with Timo Warner looking at one of the best, promising strikers. Can I explain and,
1: what a press system is? To our listeners? So yeah,
3: so a press system is where you when it requires a lot of energy and fast players. Whenever the other team gets the ball, you immediately press the ball instead of holding back. You immediately attack the ball.
0: It leaves you so it's open. It's like full court press in basketball. Oh uh, yes,
3: if, if for NBA fans, it's like that. Um, except it's a bit easier to do because I know in basketball, full court press is extremely hard. Bayern is one point ahead of Leipzig in the Bundesliga. They sit at first, Leipzig sat at second. Bayern are trying to defend their seven year title challenge. Timo Werner is a great player, but Bayern have more talent around and they're and they are on a five game win streak, something Leipzig are not on. And so Bayern's going to win this one 3 to 2.
1: All right, some great predictions. The Bundesliga is always characterized by a certain aggression, and I think this will definitely come out uh, with tempers flaring this Sunday. Now it's time to say tschüss in German and head over across the English channel uh, to Man United and Chelsea, two hot teams taking on each other um, in the Premier League.
2: I would like to think that Chelsea would win this game. I can't... In my heart, I cannot choose with my friend Ellis, the huge Man United fan. However, I think players like Christian Pulisic will... Pull this game out. I think they'll win 2-1.
1: Reminder, shout out to our favorite American, Christian Pulisic. The only really relevant American in soccer. All right, Ellis, what do you have for us?
3: I have a tie. I have 2-2. So, Man United have especially been had trouble. They're definitely not hot. They've only won one in the last five That's coming from a
1: Man United fan. Yeah.
3: So, Man United have trouble breaking down defenses. Luckily, Chelsea don't really sit back. That said, they've actually only won one in their last five games too. So both teams are struggling right now. And that's why I think it's going to be a tie. 2-2, two two, Tammy Abraham bags a goal. Of course, Marcus Rashford's out with that back injury. So otherwise, I'd have Man United winning because Marcus Rashford has been amazing this season. But because of that, I just don't think May United have the quality on the on the pitch, even though they match up well with Chelsea. So 2-2. Two two.
0: Yeah, so as Ella said, both teams have been struggling as of late. But I just think Chelsea, they're only four points, I believe, four points ahead in the standings. But I just think Kristen Pulisic, Abraham, Angola Conte, and uh, Willian, who is is one of my favorite players in the Premier League, will lead them to a 3-2 victory. All right,
1: again, as the responsible Man City fan who are comfortably sitting in second place behind one of the best teams in history, Liverpool, this year, I don't really care about this matchup. It's not really <laughs> important as uh, they, they both don't really have a bearing upon uh, the top two in this race, which, again, is Liverpool and everyone else. But Man City is second.
0: Wait, but one more thing. I think this is a very important game. For Manchester United, cur- currently trying to qualify for the Champions League, they are currently sixth or seventh in the standings, and they need to get to the top four to qualify. So again, some extra
1: motivation. Um, but again, we'll see what happens this this Sunday. All right. Uh, now that we're done with our matchups, let's move on to the wacky sport of the week. Drum roll, please. All
3: right, our wacky sport of the week is called the Summer Redneck Games. Yes, these are the Summer Redneck Games. It happens in East Dublin, Georgia, and you have to pay 5 bucks to enter, but once you enter, you get to participate in crazy competitions like toilet seat horseshoe toss, watermelon seed spitting, mud pit belly flop. <laughs> this is happens every single year in East Dublin, Georgia. We're going down to spectate crazy games, crazy scenes,
1: life of the party. Okay, we were only able to attend one event and that's the mud belly flop. Let's hear it. <laughs> Yeehaw! Great event. Check it out. Solid American culture. Let's continue. Ellis, would you want to remind uh, our listeners about our betting advice? Yes.
3: Please. We are experts in our field, but that doesn't mean you bet for us. And if you do bet for us, please don't complain. If you're betting $5 million, congratulations on having that much money to bet. But don't complain to us if you lose it. If you win, please write
1: us a love note. And give quietly, us 20% of your us, profits. And we totally yes. take
3: any percentage of your profits uh, yeah.
1: All right. Remember, we are experts, but we don't recommend you take our advice. Have a nice week. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.